a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, uh, forget about the football stuff. There's an opening at the at the head football coach position at the University of Florida. That is what matters at the top of the show for us. At least we will get into football later on. We will talk about what happened last week. We will talk about rivalry rivalry week coming up, but we need to lead Tyler with the most important news in the Florida football college football world. Dan Mullen has been officially released, has been let go, has decided to cash in. Cash in on his buyout, whatever full 12 term. Million. A full twelve million. He is no longer the head football coach of the Florida Gators. It is a twelve million dollar buyout, like Tyler said. Six six million due within sixty days. One million per year for the next six years. Tyler, this comes off of a twenty four to twenty three loss to Missouri in Columbia in overtime. I'm gonna pass the ball to you. I'm gonna let you ISO. Tell me how you feel. Tell me your thoughts. Where is your headspace at? Well, the big thing that I would say is that it does. There is a bit of bit like sadness to this, in regardless, because we, especially on this podcast, I think really wanted Dan Mullen to work out, and we really thought he would. We had a lot of faith in him, and I still very heavily believe that Dan Mullen is a good football coach, a good football mind. But I said this to you off air, but like being a good coach. And doing a good job are not the same thing. Dan Mullen is a good coach. He is good at football, in my opinion. But in our opinion, he was not doing a good job at Florida as a whole. Yes, he had three really good years. Technically, you could argue only two and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Because the last half of 2020 really left sore taste in everybody's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but three good years, one disappointing year. But the real thing that gets on top of that is that the recruiting has gotten worse every year, um, which means that despite the fact that not only are things trending downward, but they don't look like they'll be trending upward. It's it's okay to have a, a bad year if, okay, we're getting a lot of new people in here. We like the guys we're com- coming. Uh, but there was clearly not a lot of confidence for that to be there. It doesn't make it any better that your number one rival, who you're only one and three against in your four years – um has routinely getting top one and two classes and looks like they've they're about to win a national championship with a former walk-on and i don't actually they probably i think there is a lot of competition for georgia out there i don't think it's a slam dunk but they have been the number one team many of these many of the last four years in many of the weeks of the last four years and if you want to seriously compete with that you can't be okay with having a top just a top 25 recruiting class yeah like, yeah, and, and I think we talked about this before where recruiting in an in a vacuum, a top 25 class is really good. But when you're the sixth or seventh best, best class in your conference, 
then you're not going to be able to compete on a week in week out basis that you need. That's about to add Oklahoma and Texas. Also. Oh yeah. And all the, all the Texas jokes aside, they recruit well. The the problem with Texas is product on the field. It's not recruiting. So we're talking just recruiting. You're already fighting with these guys in a larger nationalist perspective for, for recruits. Now they're in your conference. Now it's even more Mm -hmm. important to like because yeah. previously if a recruit goes to texas it's basically like okay well they don't matter anymore to us like mm-hmm. then that's not going to come back to haunt us basically right now it, it, it's just the point is dan mullen i think is a good coach and i really wanted it to work out i really did but largely and i tweeted about this and evidently most of gator nation agreed with my statement and, um, and if you're here because of that tweet we welcome you with open open arms to the yes. sideline judgment community shameless product placement shameless self-promotion um (laughs) i said two things can be true dan mullen is a good football coach the best football coach we've had since urban meyer and undoubtedly was the right pick when he was hired i don't want this revisionist history that he has always been a bad pick look go Mm -hmm. back and look at that coaching cycle he is still who i would have picked in that moment agreed but the reality is but the other thing can be true is that Dan Mullen had a chance to fix problems early in his tenure that were just small problems, and he didn't. He yes. didn't fire his friends. He kept with his coaches. He didn't expand on the recruiting budget. We Florida was not only good, had new facilities coming in, was on an upswing, and recruiting was not getting any better. And Dan mm-hmm. Mullen had a, had a shot to fix that early before it grew into a problem, and he never did, and then that is ultimately what sunk his ship. And additionally, yeah. I also I also said Dan Mullen could have won a national championship in year three of with his team if a handful of different decisions had been made in the first two years. Honestly, throw mm-hmm. out the, the Felipe Franks Cal Trask thing because there's a lot of people that criticize him for not knowing Cal Trask is better from the jump. I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole other thing. Um, mm-hmm. Again, a little bit of a revisionist history because I would also be scared to play a guy who's not played. He didn't even start in high school, but yeah. I yeah. wasn't there on those practice fields, so I don't know. But little things like getting a hiring a new defensive coordinator, hi, uh, getting a, landing a couple more recruits, a couple different decisions, putting a little bit of an emphasis in recruiting, not letting Juwan Sider, your best recruiter from the McElwain era, leave just so you could hire Greg Knox uh, as a running backs coach. Um, all of these things. Florida beat Georgia and only lost a handful of games and took Alabama to the brink in year three with all the decisions Dan Mullen did make. He makes a couple of different ones for the betterment of the program. Florida could be in the playoff. Florida could have won a national championship. We're not sitting here talking about this, but the reality yeah, is that he didn't do that. Right. He didn't, he didn't do that. And like you said, there's a, oops, excuse me. There's a lot of different things that if he did wrong, maybe they would have been different. I agree with you with the revisionist history thing. I, I, I don't think we should go back. And in this, in this cycle of 2017, um, say that he was the wrong decision because you look at what Scott Frost is going on in Nebraska. You look at now you in UCLA now is when Chip Kelly's kind of been developing. UCLA wouldn't a have bit, made it to year four. Chip, Chip Kelly wouldn't have made Chip it Kelly. to year four at Florida. Absolutely, absolutely. And, the, and I think the irony is that the most successful coach of that coaching cycle is the first one gone. And I think that speaks to the intensity of being the head football coach at Florida, how quickly this went downhill. We're not saying that Dan Mullen was fired because he can't coach. We're not saying that Dan Mullen was fired because he didn't do a good job in his first few years. I think he did a good job with the exception of this past season and those decisions. It's just that at a program like Florida, 
the margin of error is so slim that when you don't make those decisions that you need to make, it does result in a firing. There's also reports um, and people talking around about how the culture really wasn't really broken down. Um, there were a lot of you know things in press conferences where the fan base was really much pretty much wanting Mullen to be accountable for things. And it didn't seem like he was ever accountable. There were times, obviously, where he was. But we, we talk about it a lot. Like, what happened from those first couple seasons, the, the demeanor and the tone of Mullen, to changed. this past season? These, right. It changed. We don't know what it was. But year one and two had a completely different tone from years three and four. So we're not so sure what happened there. Um, and I think, personally, this is just my opinion, um, that that was probably the biggest factor in in the decision being made um, and having Scott Strickland pull the plug. Um, Tyler, I want to move forward a little bit. Um, we talked a little bit about different coaching candidates last episode, but now that we have an official opening, right? Before we were kind of thinking, oh, this may be that. Can you give me your top three candidates? I know that at least one of the candidates we are going to share on the list, we'll spend some time talking about him, but I want to know who your three candidates are and, and where you're at with who you want to take over the program. I think for me, it's a very comfortable Billy Napier number one. Um, I would go Mario Cristobal too. Mm-hmm. And then either James Franklin or Lane Kiffin at three. I would I would say Lane Kiffin just because I don't think James Franklin is a super huge possibility. So so to put it this way, these are your like realistic hires. Like who it's, you it's think is like I mean, in a perfect world, yeah. So, like, it just – no outside factors. Just hire who you want. I actually – I would probably amend it to Billy Napier 1, uh, Mark Crispell 2, James Franklin 3. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I again, I've said this before. Like, I wouldn't be against Lane Kiffin coming to Florida. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'd be that much better than where we're at right now. I, I agree. I'm I'm with and I lo- listen, I love Kiffin. I, I was Kiffin was my guy for in his three, four years at FAU. Like I, I love him. I, I love everything, you know, his ability to connect with um with the in the social media age, all that stuff, his offensive innovations. I love that. But I think what we have talked about, both on air and off air, and I think this is the nail that we'll put in the coffin, and this will be our official position, is that while Lane Kiffin is fun. While Lane Kiffin's offense and on the field is great, how do we not know that he's simply a younger Dan Mullen? Because the problem with Dan Mullen, I, I've seen some things go around that the, the problem with Dan Mullen was offensive scheme, and that's one of the biggest pushbacks I have. The problem with Dan Mullen was not offensive I, I scheme. Can't, I cannot get behind with, that. You can, I cannot. You cannot look at the offense of the last. You can't look at the offense last year and like, mm-hmm. yeah, people say we had a good quarterback and a good. Uh, and you know, a good tight end. And I'm like, are you watching the plays? Are you seeing the offense schemed up? Just having those players does mean a lot, but it doesn't mean that you were as prolific of an offense as that was. Right. Sorry. And, I and agree I think, with you. And, he is a good no, offensive mind. Yeah. And I think not playing your best players doesn't mean that you have a bad offensive scheme. That means that you are bad at player personnel. Scheme wise, I think he's good. Um, so the problems, you know, you're not replacing a problem. You're not fixing a problem by bringing in Lane Kiffin in terms of, you know, offensive scheme as someone who followed FA follows FAU closely and was, you know, my, my coach there for a few years. Yes. He had the best recruiting classes in conference USA, but it's not like they were these home run classes. He's doing Kiffin did his best work with Partridge, the coach before him, 
the coach before him's players, similar to what Mullen happened. Mullen did his best work and with the previous coach's players. I, I want to push back real quick. I've heard it said that that is like a knock, and I don't. It, it is more important to be able to win with your own players. That's more of a testament to your ability to build a program. But I mean, it's not a unique thing that Dan Mullen was on, was his best years with other people's players. That happens all the time. Like, oh yeah, Kirby Smart's best team was with Mark Rick's players. Hmm. Like absolutely, the most team of that the made players, it to the most national of the championship on, game on LSU's uh, coach. O was not the head coach for most of the players' recruitment on his national championship team. Hmm. Like, of course, of course. Sorry. I just no, no, you're you're good there. But my my point is that what we need to do is, diff, I think, in my opinion, is go a different direction. I think we need I someone agree. who is a recruiter, CEO style, which is why you and I are so high and heavy on Billy Napier. I think Billy Napier is going to be. I've said this before, on and off the air. I think Billy Napier is the next great CEO style head coach in college football. I really believe that. I think his experience. Um, Man, maintaining that Louisiana program, number one, his his experience being on staff with Nick Saban, his experience being on staff with Dabo Sweeney, him understanding how the SEC and the South work in terms of recruiting. That's that's kind of his thing. He is that CEO look over person. Now, I understand people say, oh, the Saban assistants, none of them work out, blah, 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 blah. He wasn't this coordinator that was plucked because it was a good offense or defense. He was on the yeah. staff. He was just out there working on the staff, which brings me to my number two choice. But so for I'm with you, number one, Napier. I would go, I would prefer Mario Cristobal as my second choice. Because uh, I'm, I'm saying because I think, yeah, yeah, because I think that his ability, if we're gonna if if we're gonna talk about recruiting, there is, there is no one better coach. Knock home run, knockout punch recruiter on the board for the rest of the country. It's Mario Cristobal. Now, Hands Mario down. Cristobal, like, and I think Mario Cristobal is, is still, yes, a CEO coach. If you notice in this list, um, of the four people we were discussing right now, Lane Kiffin's the only one who's a schemer first, mm-hmm. um, is that Billy Napier, while an offensive guy um, and has a hand in things, he is more of a CEO. Mario Cristobal, offensive line coach, more of a CEO. James Franklin, definitely more of a CEO. Um, and that's something that I think is a focus for us. Mario Cristobal is, amongst all of that, He's one. He's one of the best recruiters in the country. Absolutely. So absolutely, like, like guys, he was the recruiting coordinator at Alabama. Nick Saban entrusted this man with all of his recruiting. Let that let that be be a message. He is from South Florida. He's from Miami. He goes in there. People said when he went to Oregon, oh, he can't recruit like he's recruited in the South because it's a different Wrong. type of place. And what is he doing? Landing top five classes in the country and by far and away the best class in the Pac-12, which is a knock on him because he always seems to lose one or two of those games every year. That's like, how did Despite you lose this football no game? no real, real competition in regards to the caliber mm-hmm. of team that he's playing at. Like, yeah. Exactly. Everyone loses a stupid game here and there. Like, I, you're not going to that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is that Oregon is far and away the best team in the Pac-12. Oh, so yeah. that is the concern is that he's losing stupid games that he shouldn't when he's got no real on-the-level competition. He also beat Ohio mm-hmm. State this year. Yeah. So, yeah. I and mean. You, you never know. And that's and that's why it's, a gam- it's always a gamble with a coaching hire. But that's why I like Cristobal. And then I've said it before. I, I really like James Franklin. Yeah. For me, James Franklin is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, I think he has a way of not only recruiting at a high level, not only being a CEO type coach, 
but he's not afraid to make changes. And that was one of the knocks on Mullen. He's cut Mullen enough. Did not like, make changes. Yes. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he has. There was Kirk Soraka. He brought Kirk Soraka in from uh, Minnesota to coordinate an offense. They had a bad year during the COVID year. Kirk Soraka has gone. Oh yeah. You you could absolutely make a case that Kirk Soraka did not have a lot to work with and had a COVID year for his one year coordinator. That wasn't enough for mm-hmm. James Franklin. James Franklin's like, no, get out of here. And yeah. now they have, uh, I think Mike Yersich, their offense is better. Yeah, yeah it is. So, and and that, that's why I like him a lot in that sense. So those are just some names from our end where we, we like, I think if we're going to push an official side, like, like if we're a super PAC and we have to back a certain political candidate, uh, I think we're in the Billy it's, Napier. It's Billy Napier. So it's Billy important, Napier. important to note when you look at all these coaches, one of which is offered you're really you don't have any other comp you don't have a competition with the school that they're at billy mm-hmm. napier i i don't think regardless whether he goes to florida or not billy napier sh- should not be staying at louisiana this year like, agreed this is he has got to make a jump it's either that or lsu i've been hearing lsu's looking for looking in a different direction which to mm-hmm. me uh, again i like billy napier you're never 100 certain because you can never be 100 certain with these coaches but the thing mm-hmm. was with with oregon and penn state it's not a guarantee, one, those coaches will even leave their school. Correct. Lane Kiffin, I think, would. But then again, a lot of people, I think, are going to be are going to be looking at Lane Kiffin. And again, I'm, I, we've already discussed at length that we're yeah, not we've 100% sold on Lane Kiffin being mm-hmm. nothing but more than a younger Dan Mullen. So. Right. Right. What about what, one more name before we move on? What about Luke Fickle? So my only question about Luke Fickle is – this statement can either be a make or break statement for Luke, Luke Fickle, or it can be trivial. Mm-hmm. It is the fact of he has never coached out of the state of Ohio, outside of the state of Ohio. That yeah. could mean absolutely nothing because there is the belief. Mario Cristobal shows it. Recruiters know how to recruit. Mm-hmm. People who are good know how to do their jobs. Like region doesn't yeah. matter as much. That can be true, but it also might not because Luke Fickle has only ever coached out in the state of Ohio. Um, he's a defensive guy, which would be cool. And he's a bit more of a CEO. He allows him, he has a fun offense. Um, he allows, mm-hmm. he's a defensive minded head coach that allows his offense to be good. So that's good. Yes. But you know, I don't, I don't know how good of a recruiter is he? Yeah, no, that no, good. I, I get it. That's, I would that, be, again, great I would be against it because I like Luke Fickle as a coach, but I'm also, mm-hmm. for me, honestly, I'm basically kind of discounting it because when I'm, if James Franklin goes anywhere, Luke Fickle has the Penn State job. That is his oh, job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And even if Luke Fickle doesn't go anywhere, I mean, I, I would argue maybe Luke Fickle might be, be even more of a fit at USC than he is down here, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Just a question, because he is another one of those high level G five coaches that may be looking for a step up in I, to the power I five level. Not, and... I would not say no. Yeah, no, me either. I would not me say either. no. Um, so just to recap that now makes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 open jobs before rivalry week. Uh, three have been filled and then I still have on here Nebraska hot seat. I will leave that Tyler on the rundown until next season when he gets fired. <laughs> yeah, that might be that one. That might be when I take him off. Um, of the of the those remaining jobs, those ten remaining jobs right now, it's very clearly LSU, USC, Florida as yeah, the top three jobs. Would, however, you want to order it, and it's basically it, to me, it's a coin toss between whether you like Florida or LSU more. Because I would say 
LSU has a better recent history just because the last three coaches to coach at LSU have all won national championships. Mm-hmm. Now, that's kind and of only, only one of them. I think only one of them is considered a top tier coach, and it's the greatest coach of all time in Nick yeah. Saban. You, you, the, you could argue that um, the other two were, you know, LSU has a very placeholders unique, in a way. You could. Uh, LSU, well, I mean, I don't think you can argue that Les Miles was a placeholder, but um, <laughs> considering how long he was the coach there. But LSU is a very true. unique school because it has a very unique stranglehold on the talent within its area. It doesn't have another rival in-state school, really. And Louisiana is a hotbed mm-hmm. area. So, oh yeah, like, it's very... Florida is like, you know, is a big deal within the state, but Florida is a state that a lot of people go to. And Florida is not the only big deal school in their state from a brand perspective. Mm-hmm. LSU has right. very, is in a very unique position with where talent is on its area. Honestly, yeah. kind of akin to Oregon for the whatever talent is in the Pacific Northwest. They are just kind of different from yeah. everybody else that they're with. So, Although I, w- I would say like that just makes the whole LSU overlooking Billy Napier thing just that all that more baffling oh, to yeah, me no, because I, I'm baffled, but it, it's very much a pride thing. It's very much like a, we don't want to hire the guy that was over at like they don't even refer to him as Louisiana. They go oh over at Lafayette. You know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. they don't want to they don't want to seem like they're going and, down. And that's like, like it's, that. it's not important to me to win the press conference. It Agreed. really isn't. Agreed. Like I know people yep. will mad. I don't care. Like it is, it is important to hire the right coach. Um, mm-hmm. not the one, not the splash hire. Right. And, but I will say like, you could, it's basically, you argue, you can argue between LSU and Florida, which one's the better job. LSU is a very mm-hmm. unique thing. A more recent national championship success, easy to recruit mm-hmm. to, but you're in the West and Florida's in the East and Florida. If you believe in yourself, Correct. which most coaches do, you can easily turn around. Florida is still, I think could be quick turnaround, still be the second best team in this division easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's if you believe you're really just trying to go against Georgia. Yeah, I and think that, I think right that now changes when think, the pod, that changes when pods come into play. But like, right, right. But I think right now, um, I think LSU is a better job than Florida. Just yeah, full disclosure. So, so I think it's I think it's USC because USC's. I mean, it's basically. Yeah. I think I talked about it, the placeholder analogy. Oregon is the placeholder in the Pac-12 for USC. That's the thing. You, I would. The thing is that USC is attract. It will attract very different candidates than LSU and Florida, so it's like it's very strange. That's true. You know, Billy Napier, I don't think is considering mm-hmm. USC. Yeah, I get that. So right, right, right. Yeah, but I, I in in a certain way, USC is very true because they can easily get back to being number one in their conference. Yeah, no, for real. All right, Tyler, I think that's enough Florida coaching talk. Um, do you want to talk about the Missouri game or I, th- uh, I think the bowling news? We just say of... quick words about it. Um, mm-hmm. It was bad. Like it was, yeah, it man. was bad. Missouri didn't play well. No. And we lost. No. Also, it, it really is indicative. I think of the attitude that had taken over the team that you have a minute left to drive maybe 30, 40 yards after the performance. Yeah, that Emory Jones had the last, and maybe not for the rest of the game, but had the last week. And mm-hmm. you preach that you have confidence in your players, and you don't even attempt. You just you just try yeah. to get out of there to go for overtime. That is that was frankly it's frankly very telling, and mm-hmm. that it is what it is. Yep, it is what it is. Um, someone tweeted a picture of the Columbia Regional Airport tarmac, <laughs> and oh, I boy. thought it was funny. <laughs> Almost so close. Um, so close. So close. 
All right. Well, let's let's go into the rest of college football, Tyler. Let's look at these notable games from last week. Oklahoma 28, Iowa State 21. Oklahoma, man, they they continue to win these football games. Um, they're not instilling much confidence in me. But listen, it, I mean, there's a comes a certain point where they keep winning the games. You know, yes, they lost to Baylor, but they yeah. keep winning the football games. You know, uh, I don't. Well, they they are realistically still a shot to get back into the playoff mix because they'll be a one loss Power Five champion probably. And uh, if you they know, went out, you know the committee. Yeah, but like you know, the committee's into that. Um, oh, for sure, of course. I will say, I saw a tweet that was really funny about uh, Brock Purdy has had a Benjamin Button career in college football. <laughs> he came in with the poise and play of a senior, his freshman year, and he's actually gotten worse every single year. <laughs> <laughs> that's your man. That's your man's. Yeah, no, that's my guy. Uh, but I mean, he's not my. I'm not going for him to be a draft quarterback, but you're allowed to like college right. quarterbacks that'll be like, that's cool. He Brock Purdy is still like probably the best quarterback in Iowa state history. <laughs> like um, certainly the most decorated. <laughs> it's that's, that is true. That. So yeah. you're telling me you don't want to replace Trevor Lawrence with Brock Purdy. Uh, I want to replace everybody on my, the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars offense, but Trevor Lawrence, um, our best receiver who wears 39, got put on IR today. (laughs) (sighs) That's a tanking move. I mean, he he got actually hurt, though, so... (laughs) All right, man. Uh, I'm going to move forward then. I'm going to yeah, move forward because you're, so, you're flustered forward. about your Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry. I, I did upset. not mean to. I heard somebody say that we should bring Urban Meyer back and like the only – I did super, not mean to. By the way, to super you. no. I apologize. Su- super no to bring Urban Meyer back to the Gators. But there's a small part and it's just like it would get him off of the Jacksonville Jaguars though. <laughs> um. Oh, boy. All right. Next up. UTSA 34, UAB 31. UAB had a chance to win this football game by converting a fourth and oh so short. They decided to take a delay of game, punt the football, and then uh, UTSA drives down the field and scores a game-winning touchdown with three seconds left. Meep, meep. You hate to see it. Um, The moral of the story here is, Tyler, if it's fourth and one, what do you do? You go for it. Under, I, I would be specifically on my, with uh, what specifically, what uh, specifically with the game on the line. Like, I mean, look, no, no, with a QB sneak, Tyler. Oh, with a QB sneak. Okay, that's what you meant. I was, look, guys, I can't express this enough. Yeah. You, you have <laughs> to believe that you can get one yard in any given situation. Like, getting 10 yards on one play, <laughs> maybe not, but you, you have to believe you can get one yard. I would be in my own one yard line. And if it's fourth and one, which is impossible um, at the one yard line uh, and your, and your own one yard line, but um, <laughs> like you have to believe you can get one, just fall forward. Like I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. Oh boy. The magical, the magical UTSA season continues. And I'm a bit disappointed in bill Clark because that was not a bill Clark move. And it was a bill was. Clark coach team. <laughs> Evidently um, it was. Oklahoma State 23, Texas Tech 0. This is strictly here because congratulations to Oklahoma State. You have punched your ticket into the Big 12 title game. 
Um, Tyler, what was the scenario? The scenario? Who did like? What's um, the? How does it for, go? So in Bedlam, if they beat Oklahoma, they will play. Oklahoma State will play Baylor for the Big Twelve Championship. If they lose to Oklahoma in Bedlam, they will be doing a rematch uh, of Bedlam in the in Big Dallas. Twelve Championship. So we're going to get a rematch of Bedlam in the Big Twelve Championship. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma State does not <laughs> win that game. Well, let's let's save it. Let's save it for five. That's not even analysis. That's just historical fact. Like <laughs> my favorite thing about that is Richard Johnson, uh, Gator Great, I should say, Richard Johnson of Split Zone Duo and ESP and the SEC Network. Uh, he always says that there are three possible. There are two possible scenarios in Bedlam: Oklahoma wins by a lot, or Oklahoma wins by a little. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's it. Those are the only options that we have. Oh man. All right, moving forward. Speaking of the Big um, the Big 12, we have Baylor 20, Kansas State 10. This is here again to confirm that Baylor has an opportunity to make it to the Big 12 Great season for Dave Aranda. Hey, LSU, Absolutely. bring Dave Aranda back. Uh, hey, uh, hey, USC, bring Dave Aranda to the West Coast. Those are mm-hmm. some rumors as well. So expect Dave Aranda's name to be to be popped yeah, up. Yeah, I kind of feel in, bad for Baylor fans that they're, they're a program that can be so good. And mm-hmm. the moment they're good, people will take their coach away. So you like, know what they you know be what good I would on, like to do on a real level, like a serious level. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. like there was that one year where they, if they beat Oklahoma, there was a shot we put them in the playoff because they'd be one last mm-hmm. team. Yep. And that Matt Rule got left for the NFL immediately after that. <laughs> like, well, hey, look, um, if there ever is to be a big time program, maybe in the SEC that is looking for an athletic director shortly. Maybe we look at Waco's way. Maybe we look Waco. I mean, by, by way, I mean Florida, and I mean Scott Strickland, who needs to not be the athletic director of Florida every, for yeah, non-sporting every, reasons. Um, every moment Scott Strickland is the athletic director at Florida is a disgrace, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But we're not going to go into that now. Um, but be happy that you have that great athletic director who keeps hiring these great coaches. Yeah, he keeps like, That's a good thing. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> he's like he he is hot at the craps table, my man. He is rolling those dice. Um, next up, Ole Miss thirty one, Vanderbilt seventeen. Uh, Tyler, who coaches Ole Miss? I think it's Lane Kiffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Allowing how many points for Vanderbilt? Seventeen. Oh, okay, cool. We'll talk about didn't that more we, in the end. Our trash defense only give up zero points. <laughs> They did indeed, Tyler. They did indeed. Okay. Um, but that's another story for another time. Uh, FSU 26, Boston College 23. I typically put FSU at the bottom, but I was just kind of going in chronological order today because we were running a little bit late. Um, FSU almost blew this game. They were up big. Uh, yeah, Phil I was surprised the, score, the final score was this close. Me too. Right. Me too. But Phil, Phil, Phil Dracovich came back and it sets up a beautiful, and I mean like, Sicko's college football. You could not ask this might for be the sickos. Like this is it's gonna be it's gonna be great, Tyler. I don't know why you're being so Florida, negative. Florida, we'll Florida talk State about, are both five and six. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about it in a little bit. We'll talk about the toilet bowl in a bit. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, West Virginia 31, Texas 23. Texas is officially. I'm sorry, I should rephrase this. Texas is no longer. I should rephrase it again. Texas sucks. Texas is <laughs> They're bad. bad. 
They're it's a bad crazy. football team, man. They're, it, That's it, insane. It's actually crazy to me that they. Well, it's funny because you watch their games and they don't look that bad. Like no, no, because but they, they, they keep got some losing. Players. Like yeah, <laughs> like they look genuinely better than they've looked in years, and they mm-hmm. still like when Tom Hartman would lose a game, be like, oh yeah, because they sucked. Like mm-hmm. and this seems occasion like oh they look good even in losses, but they keep losing. Like I think this is gonna be. Um... I think this is Texas fans will be rewarded within the next couple of years for their patience. If they can wait that long. If they (laughs) oil money, Uh, it burns easily, but I I think (laughs) that was good. Come on. That was good. That was really good. Oh, that that, that was good. That that was a multi-layer joke right there. Multi-layered. No, but I think, I think Steve Sarkeesian, it's ironic that they look they are playing better football than they were under Tom Herman, but the results are just not coming like they were under Tom Herman. Tom oh, Herman yeah. was fired for being too mediocre. Um, they're playing better. They're just kind of collapsing at a certain point, and they they just don't have a defense. So, yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Sorry, Texas. No bowl game for you this year, which might be a good thing in in the long run. So, um, well, UCLA 62, USC 33. The uniform game of the century every year just, every oh, it's year just so good Banger. so good and they they each on purpose wear their home uniforms it's just BC so beautiful dubs, kirby smart took this exact thing away from the florida georgia rivalry um yeah another reason i hate kirby smart yeah but this game even though florida georgia is pretty when they do both wear home uniforms this game is mm-hmm. the just the absolute this takes the game. cake this no, takes this the cake it's absolutely but better it's because uh, it's Florida and Georgia have a blue and or, have a blue and a red thing going on, but the shade of blue of UCLA with the shade of red of USC is just, pops. This game should be played in the Rose Bowl sunset time frame every Ooh, year. Like that, that, that would just would make good. it Chef's kiss. That would also, be good. um, Dorian uh, DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson got a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for signing an autograph after a touchdown, which is for those Jam. of you youngins. Terrell Owens did it first, but this was done. (laughs) Just want to say that. Number one. Number two, did you see the hurdle he had on the touchdown? No, I didn't. Oh, Tyler, you need to look out when we're done recording. You need to look it up. Listeners, if you haven't seen it, you need to look up the Dorian Thompson Robinson hurdle on a touchdown run that he had. I don't know when in the game, but when I was watching, I, I watched some highlights and stuff and oh, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, listeners, highly recommend you watch it. Tyler looks like he's looking it up on his phone right now. He's like, I'm not right waiting now. for this. I'm looking at it I'm right gonna watch now. this thing right now. So um, while you do that, I will talk about the next game on the list, which is South Carolina 21, Auburn 17. Um, again, first game without Bo Nix. So, you know, unfortunate. Um, spoiler, we were going to put the Iron Bowl in five wide because I forgot that Bo Nix didn't get that. Bo oh Nix my got God, he cleared him. You saw that you saw the hurdle. <laughs> And was stepped right into the end zone. What a king. It was just so clean. It was so clean. It was so clean. All right. Um, Auburn and South Carolina. Uh, I want to say congratulations to um, Mr. Beamer, Shane Beamer. Like, that, they're going bowling, Tyler. They've won six games. Yeah. They're six and five. Good for them. And Good it, for them. It was it is pretty six and five minus one game against Florida. That was pretty one for them. Um, mm-hmm. but they did it. Good yeah, coaching man. job. 
from Shane Beaver. Good coaching job. Let's hope that the recruiting can follow and they can get better players. Because when South Carolina was buzzing, when Spurrier was there, it, that was a fun team to watch. That was a fun atmosphere. Uh, yeah. It would be good for college football to have that bumping against them. Um, and then the last game of our notable games, Oregon State 24, Arizona State 10. This is big for multiple reasons. Um, Oregon State, the game formerly known as the Civil War, will now be for the Pac-12 North. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Smith could be heading to a Pac-12 title game in a year where what? he replaces a coordinator. In which case, what a collapse by Oregon. Um, <laughs> what a yes, monumental which, collapse at the end of the year. Yeah. But, like what you said, horrible, horrible week to be a potential coaching candidate because yeah. wasn't a good week for some of them. Yeah, wasn't a good week. Um, all right, Tyler, let's head on to five wide Michigan State seven, Ohio State 56. This game wasn't even close. It was never close. I'm honestly shocked Ever. that Michigan State scored. Yeah, like, the, the way it was going, yeah. Also, CJ oh, yeah. Shad looked at Kenneth Walker's Heisman bus and she's like, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> she said, excuse, right excuse me, I'm just going to nose. Excuse me, I just want, uh, sorry, I'm just, uh, you see that, that yeah, um, mm-hmm, that Nissan contract commercial? Yeah, I'm going to pop in there looking for Looking nice. Um, He's calling Baker. He's like, hey, is there room in the Heisman house for me? Um <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it it was it was ugly. Uh, I sure hope Mel Tucker signed that extension before kickoff because the, the jokes were flying. Everybody's just oh, like, it was great. He is spending all of halftime on DocuSign. Also, what do you even tell your team when you're down like forty-two to zero at halftime? Like, you say, gentlemen, all right, time to head out. <laughs> you don't say anything. You don't say anything. You don't. You don't need to. You don't need to. <laughs> Um, yeah, poor Mel Tucker. I, I don't think this is indicative of him being a bad football coach. Um, I think he is a good football coach. I think he still needs time. He's been he's been there 18 months um, and he ran up against a buzzsaw of Ohio State team who yeah. is not the same Ohio State team that lost to Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a much better football team. So oh, yeah. um, much better football team. We both took Ohio State. We both get the points on that one. Wake Forest 27, Clemson 48. Uh, Tyler took Wake Forest. He did not get the points on that one. I I took Clemson. You did. You did. I I got the point on that one. I will say this, though. This was the first time that I saw the Clemson offense and felt something's happening here, like all season, you know? Yeah. Like, previously, it was just like trying to get water out of a rock. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. but it actually looked like. They were, they were, they were Can cohesive. I stop you for a second? Can I what? stop you? What kind of country ass water that's, out of a rock analogy? That's a legit thing, people say. You, like, this, is, to, this, is what, this is how I know that while we're both Floridians, we are not from the same part of Florida. One of us is from North Florida, and one of us is from South Florida. Absolutely. Get it. water out of a rock. Yeah, try to, bleed, try to make a rock bleed. I, like, that's an. <laughs> The rocks don't bleed, Tyler. Rocks That's don't point. bleed. That's the point <laughs> of the metaphor. Rocks don't. They were tri- Clemson's offense was always trying to make something work that doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> listen, I talk to you probably every single day of my life, and I'm just so happy that I learned something new about you every day. Please continue. I apologize for the, the point. Stupid is it, looked, it was terrible early, and then this game they finally looked like, oh, there's some cohesion here. Like mm-hmm. there is, yes, there is an end goal that can be achieved, and they did. But it. I think, 
I think there's something to be said as well. I think DJ Uyunglele had like 240 or 250 passing yards this game. That was his season high. Yeah. That's rough. Um, like it, especially with the, the the Clemson quarterback legacy that we've been accustomed to in the past decade. I mean, even Kelly Bryant had a pretty had better games than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think part of it is uh you know, uh, they did. They have lost some of their uh, offensive uh, coaches. Like t- they've been still really good about keeping their coaches together, but they've lost a couple here and there. Um, mm-hmm. And they lost one of them who went to coach USF for some reason. But um, <laughs> because the best job in college football is a fire, the best job in the world is a fired college football coach. Hey, do, do that for <laughs> a couple years. Go baby. back. Go back to Clemson. Like. <laughs> He's like, sorry, man. I just had to do. Way, I just I had to scam these guys. I'm real way quick. richer now. Like, um, <laughs> he's telling recruits, "Hey, I will be gone for three seasons, but I promise you, I'll be back, I'll for, be your right back for your senior year." <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's still telling that like Clemson's worst season is probably going to be like a nine and three year. Like, and they still have a chance to make the ACC title game. Do they? Yeah, because of this win over Wake Forest. I guess if it, Wake Forest if Wake Forest won, they would have been they would have been in oh, the title so, but game. Wait, confirmed. See, Clemson's done with their conference schedule though, so like Wake Forest right. they has need to other lose things their, to happen. Wake Forest is to lose their last game. Correct, but like the fact that this is That's the worst Clemson the season, we have written it, them off. Hidden. Like, yeah, oh, we wrote them off three weeks in the season. Oh man, alrighty, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Whoever goes is going to lose to Pitt anyway. Next game. Ooh. Arkansas 35, Alabama 42. We both pick Bama. We both get the points. But I think the real winner here is myself, who in my picks pool picked Arkansas plus 20 and a half and was oh, the only – I believe was the only person who picked uh, who picked Arkansas because I said, I believe in Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, come be the Florida coach. Like, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Hey, he's a I'm recruiter. Not, I'm not really in, but I'm not really in on that. I would prefer other candidates. No, but I if, agree. Like, but he he's a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't bode well for, for beating Georgia. If we were no. to hire Sam Pittman, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. He may know where the he may know where the bodies are buried. And, so. uh, yeah, but like that didn't help him when they lost thirty eight to zero earlier this year. <laughs> um, no, but a uh, great 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 performance by Arkansas again. It's mm-hmm. like they didn't win, and Alabama's way better. But I genuinely expected like Arkansas to like you know. Have a couple good moments, but Alabama oh, yeah. run, away, run away with this game, and they didn't. Arkansas really put up a fight. Also, Traylon Burks, come to the Jacksonville Jaguars, be a receiver. <laughs> I'll, I, any I, any pick you want, any contract, come please bail us out. Trevor Lawrence has nobody to throw to. Yeah, he would be fun, man. Uh, I also loved the fake field goal. I loved. Um, I didn't like at the end of the first half. The referees were on some wild stuff where. They were review. They called the touchdown. That was a touchdown. They brought it back. They're like, "Oh no, he was down at the one." And then, like Arkansas, very clearly rushed the football in the end zone, and then they called yeah, it I saw short that. I'm again. Just like that is so clearly like half of his whole body is in the end zone. Yeah, they like, eventually rerolled the, the ball touchdown, out. But yeah, no, they did. But like the fact that it was like, okay, SEC refs, like, do we really well, need to review this? It is. Are we really a, spending 15 minutes on this? It is definitely a belief of mine that like while I don't believe in, um as much of like sec refs cheating or anything like that. I'm not a huge believer in anything. I do think that like Bama privilege is a thing. 
Yo, yeah, and, like, and, and I agree with you. I don't think there's cheating. I don't, I don't think, think it's. I don't think it's intentional, but it is a thing that happens. Like, right? And it's not. I, I agree it's with not you. Just in the SEC, like a lot of the big schools get this. Like, it's just the it's just the thing that sometimes referees are inept because they're human. Like, I'm not like here insulting them. They're human. They're gonna make mistakes. I was just surprised that there were two of those like kind of obvious mistakes back to back. I was like, all right, guys, like, come on, let's let's move the game forward. We all got stuff to do. We all got places to be. The SEC game, yeah. the 3.30 game takes long enough already. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Um, so uh, we both get the points there. SMU 14, Cincinnati 48. You picked SMU. You did not get a point. I picked again, Cincinnati. I, I again, get a point. I didn't think anything was I, – I had to. Like, <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember the ACC championship game that Miami played in against Clemson? Oh, and 100%. Do you, and you remember the text message I sent you after the first play yeah. of the game where they Miami's O-line got blown up. And I believe it was Christian Wilkinson. Uh, Wilkins, oh, no, who's it was now that a, year. It was. Yeah, who's who's now a Dolphin. Um, he blew him up the line. And I texted you and I said, this game is over. Game just, is because over. Of, like, just because there was no way that Miami could stop that Clemson defensive line. This is how I felt with Cincinnati where on the first play of the game, it was play action and Desmond Ritter all the way down. It was a touchdown. And I went, Oh, this game's over. <laughs> They're going to do this for no 40 shot. minutes. Like, um, they got no shot. Hey. And good because this is something that if you if you this is Cincinnati saying, "Bet you're going to put 15 obstacles in front of us to make the playoff." Okay, we're going to jump through them. And yeah. SMU is a it's good football looking team. like a serious possibility that they can make it. Like Oh yeah. I'm not lying. Oh yeah. Like Yep. It looks like a shot. They have a real shot. Like, mm-hmm. let's put a pin in this. I want to talk about this when we talk about Ohio State, Michigan, because it has a consequence with that and stuff. For sure. Let's move forward. Oregon seven, Utah thirty-eight. We both picked Oregon, and so none of us get the points. Neither of us get the points. But I feel horrible because I then afterwards like watched some extra film and did some more homework and realized, oh my god, Utah's going to win this football game. It was like prime trap zone for Oregon and yeah. I was right I just didn't get a chance to get the point here but I but I but I did bet Utah money line before the game started nice. so nice. I did kind of win in a way you did you, you won um, in a certain way um I won in a certain way what happened here well th- this game was I didn't mean to watch that complete much of domination um, no I mean it's it's really simple it's Utah dominated the one Oregon touchdown they were already down like three four scores when they got it Mm-hmm. Like they just, they this was just, a 24 nothing at halftime. They just got blasted. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough. I do want to say, uh, because coaching is on my mind and will be on my mind until Florida hires I mean, a coach. for a couple weeks, probably. Yeah. Um, it'll be, it'll be on my mind for a while. Um, I do not think this is indicative of Mario Cristobal being a bad coach, um, being a bad organized head of a program, I should say. I think because it's more than just coaching the football that you need to be a good head coach in college yeah. football. I've been saying ahead, this. Guys. You could argue that this Oregon team is overachieving rather than they. this was an underachieving moment because mm-hmm. we keep saying like, yeah, they keep doing all these things, but they still got Anthony Brown as their quarterback. Like, and yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's surely go so far. And mm-hmm. now in fairness, you know, they're it's that that's very flawed. And if they'd won this game, we wouldn't be saying that, but right. I mean, it's a very talented team. I don't know, man. We've been saying the Anthony Brown thing all no, season, win or lose. Like, <laughs> I, I know, but it's something worth thinking about. Where, like, maybe mm-hmm. this Oregon team is actually overachieving what they're what they're capable of, rather than yeah. this being a, as much of a disappointing loss. 
Makes sense. Makes but sense. Who knows? Listen, I'll take my I'll take Mario so long as he doesn't bring Marcus Arroyo with him. I know he's not with him now, but that's I'm I'm I still scarred. I'm still. Could you imagine him wasting Anthony Richardson? I'm, I'm, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. No, moving I forward. can't think about this. Um, two point conversion. I picked Virginia Tech to beat Miami, and I was wrong. Miami won thirty eight to twenty six. Even though I, I will credit Miami on this one, I was looked to be proven right in the third quarter. Um, there was a moment in this game where I was listening to the football game driving to Alexa's house, and Miami allowed a Virginia Tech touchdown. And then Virginia Tech surprise onside kicked it and then drove down the field to score another touchdown. And I got out of the car and I thought, well, there go my two points. I'm good. I don't need to worry about this game anymore. And Miami came back and good for them. I think that was a a, a strong showing. Manny Diaz needed that for his job. Um, There is no AD in Miami currently. So whoever brings he brings in, he needs to really, really impress if he wants to keep his job. Um, So good. Kudos to them. I, I will give credit where credit is due. And the, the atmosphere around the Miami program down here, because, you know, I live down here, um, has been a bit more optimistic over the past few weeks because of the way this team has been playing and been performing. Um, it's one of those – it's very much a oh, – what's the it, – it's very much a um, a Jeremy Pruitt-Tennessee situation. Ah. Losing, losing games in the beginning of the season, but like the big the, – the important games – People forget about them, so and then you, all of a sudden they they run off. And what get you really and mean is a Clay Helton situation. Oh, I yes, I really mean a Clay Helton situation. Correct. Like because that was correct, his whole correct. thing. So he lost all the games that mattered, mm-hmm. and then he just won a couple ones that didn't matter at the end of the year. And they're like, oh, they might be better next year. Let's keep him again. Yeah, we we can't fire him after that. You know, he ended the season on a momentum swing and whatever. Uh, and then Tyler, your two point. You put your face. Hmm. Wait. Of all the coaches we discussed today, who had the best week, Tyler? Huh. It's so weird. I think it's Billy Napier. Um, <laughs> Scare money, don't make money. Yes, our that's such a that great quote. By that the way, needs to be the official. It is. It needs to be the official Florida Gator like mantra. If Billy Napier becomes our coach, like Scare money, don't make money. Scare money, don't make money. That's gonna be us, uh, baby. He they wax Liberty. Oh my God, forty-two um, to fourteen. Also. I, uh, this reminds me because Liberty Liberty is coached by Hugh Freeze, who I absolutely don't want anywhere near my program. Um, I uh, nope, I, I saw a really funny clear that I really saw a really funny tweet. This is like I'm there was quotes. I'm hearing Hugh Freeze is a possibility for the Florida job. Quoted by Hugh Freeze. <laughs> like <laughs> we're all trying to wonder who did this. Who did? Who is responsible for this? Responsible for this? No. Billy Napier. They had a good week. They did, man. They look good. They look good. And 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 I think it's even more important because even before the Florida job opened, he was rumored for other jobs. And so it was very much like, okay, is Billy Napier going to be distracted? Is Billy Napier – are Liberty going to catch him slipping? And Billy Napier just pounded the – oh, that's my coach. Scare money don't make money. Let's go. We'll see. We're cool. not sure if he'll Let's be I know. I know. I, I, we will have a celebratory podcast if that does happen. But we'll yeah. talk about that later on. Um, Tyler, that brings the total to 51 to 45. It's a six point game. Um, we're going into rivalry week. That means you have two more weeks, Tyler, to try to catch up and make this difference, make up this difference. Because as you know, our annual bowl pick competition is a separate competition separate and thing. on its own, but championship weekend is included in our season wide yeah. competition. In which so, case we um, pick every game. In which we pick every single conference title game. Yeah. So you have an, ex- okay. So you have one normal week. 
and an extended week. All right, here for, we go. Um, for th- I think what I'm thinking, this is great podcast. This is great planning because we're just having a meeting on the pod. But I was thinking, Tyler, I wanted to bring it up to you that for the two-point week, we can each pick one one of the 10 to make a two-point. You know what I mean? I'd be okay with that. Because we there's you know there's ten there is additional games and stuff and you know we can w- the tiebreaker is always Army yeah. Navy if we end up tied but I don't think we're gonna end up tied this year. Oh, okay, all right, let's get into it. Uh, okay, all right. Well, so before we, uh, before we get into it, we have to we have to talk about uh, some small rivalry game, not important. Yeah, just a, a small rivalry game. Exactly. Um, it is Florida, the five and six Florida game. That's win loss, not loss win, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to let you know. Um, it is a five and six Florida Gators taking on the five and six Florida State Seminoles. It is what they refer to as the battle for the Sunshine State. Some people refer to it as the Sunshine Showdown. I refer to it as the week that we beat up on our little brothers. Um, that is a ESPN noon kickoff Eastern. Um, I'm nervous. I'm genuinely terrified. I'm what are you nervous. talking about? Look. <laughs> Here's here's the deal. I do think interim coach, possible interim coaches always swing one of two directions: either complete, we don't care, we're done with this, or boost of energy. Because one of the things that this team has been struggling with is energy, largely coming from the coaches. We're like, again, not going for it in the fourth quarter, like mm-hmm. not not being aggressive when they need to. So it's very possible that that could be situation. Greg Knox would be the interim head coach. He is he's one and zero as an interim head coach. When Dan Mullen left for Florida, he was the interim head coach for Mississippi State's bowl game where Keaton Thompson, not even the starting quarterback that season, beat Lamar Jackson in Lamar Jackson's final game in college. Tyler, I, I saw that game. That was the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, and I, I saw that game at a P.F. Chanks. That is an interesting choice to watch I just, this game. I just have the memory. Like the memory no, is ingrained because cool. I remember watching this team and going, oh, wow, they're really stopping Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, like, there might be some energy. Garrick McGee will be calling – the quarterback coach will be calling plays. Uh, Christian Mm -hmm. Robinson will continue calling defensive plays. Um, Dan Mullen was offered to coach this game, but he declined. Mm -hmm. I don't feel one way or the other about that. Um, So, I do think Florida has a shot because I think that Florida is still a more talented team. And Florida at its best is better than FSU at its best this year. Mm -hmm. But the reality is there's one thing that really matters is that – how well does Jordan Travis play? Because I've talked to many FSU people, and basically they say if Jordan Travis plays well and is in, they have a shot. If Jordan Travis is not on the field, they don't have a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not to indi- indicate Jordan. Jordan Travis is really an electric athlete and is the best quarterback they have. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's at home, which can be nice. It's senior day. I think the swamp will still be relatively packed because it's actually bigger picture that is one thing i will applaud dan mullen for it appears to me that people care way more about florida football now from a fan attendance perspective than they did Mm -hmm. before like they did across the board but so we'll see i i keep telling FCC people i know that we're gonna lose just so that I can prepare we're, myself. We're covering our bases here. Covering we're, our bases. We're, we're doing what we call the day-day. Buddy, we're, we're doing... I made fun of a lot of them for that 0-4 start. Like, mm-hmm. I was swinging with yeah, with man. the jokes on, on the text messages and Twitter and things okay. like that. That's okay. Just pull a day-day. Just Y'all pull watch a Florida football? Y'all watch Florida <laughs> football? That's, that's it. If you don't set expectations, <laughs> you can't be disappointed. Um, I do think it'll be a close game. Mm-hmm. 
But considering one team has their head coach and the other team doesn't, I'm gonna. I think Florida State will probably win. So here's here's my thing. I agree with you with the Jordan Travis situation, but I'm also curious. Notoriously, Tyler, what has been the worst position group on Florida State staff over the past three, four years? Offensive line. Correct. What has actually been playing pretty well for us in the past few weeks? Our defensive line. <laughs> yes. Did- so I believe that that is going to be the matchup that I think we need to watch. Additionally, um, I also believe. <laughs> God, no. New play caller, running back coach is the head coach now. We might see more focus on the run game. Damian Pierce might get some more touches. Interesting. Here's my thing. That was the second. The second part was Tyler. I think because of the seasons that both programs are having, there's no, there's nothing at stake. Okay. Bowl eligibility is at stake, but like, let's be realistic here. There's no conference title. Um, There's no national title. There's no big time stakes here. I'm honestly, if Florida doesn't get to play a bowl, I really will not care. <laughs> um, right. So here's the thing. I, I'm I won't I'm with you because I, I think our priorities are have shifted to silly season and, and who our coach is gonna be. But I think when the game starts, I think those players are genuinely gonna be like, all right, if we're gonna play for anything, let's like play for the rivalry. You know? Like let's legitimately be like, all right, cool. Listen, there's nothing else here to play for but beating for the State. seniors outright. Send them out right. Send the fan. Give the fans something to go into the offseason with. Number one. Number two. I think because it's a noon kickoff and it's kind of being a bit forgotten. I think it's going to be one of those games of like no one cares about us. No one's watching us. Let's play for each other. Let's play for the. Let's play for the jersey. And then I think people like you and I. I think we're going to start the game going ah oh, whatever. I don't care. And I think halfway through the second half, there's going to be a big hit and we're going to go, oh, hey, whoa, whoa. And we're going to get into this football game, Tyler. And we're going to say, I don't care about a bowl game. I just need to beat Florida State. And I think that's what's going to end up the mentality of what it is. Like, we're going to talk about like, yeah, we'll be fine or whatever. It doesn't matter much. Focus on the coaching. And then the game starts and it's two o'clock. And I've had a few too many drinks in me because I'm watching Florida football. And the emotions are going to start coming out. So I think yeah, that is something that we need point. to really prepare ourselves for, Tyler. And you, you're going to be in the morning. It's going to be some brunch for you, uh, my guy. I, you can- I, I'm my dad. I'll be having some Thanksgiving in Tucson with my aunt, my uncle, mm-hmm. and my dad. Nice. So me and my dad will be watching it on Saturday morning. Which There you go. It's normal for me now because I'm used to watching the noon games at 9 o'clock in the morning. And it's going to be weird mm-hmm. for my dad. Um, but that's the thing where it's going to start. And then you're gonna you're gonna find yourself being caught up into it. I'm telling you right now, dude. Especially you're gonna be with your dad. Come on, dude. Come on. Yeah, I'm your dad's, now. Here's I I want you to report back to me. I want you to let I want you to tell me if your dad starts the same way of like okay whatever end of the season. And I want you to see because he's been a he's been a Gator fan more long time, long, baby. Long longer time. than us, longer than us. Um, and so I think that I want to watch him and see if like as the game progresses, especially if it's a close game. If he like starts caring more and more, you know what I mean, more and more and more and more, it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna, yeah. it's gonna be a fun time. I think. I'll, I'll see. Go Gators! I hope we win. I but I am win. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath though. No, I'm not either. I'm not either. Hey, right, hey here's one thing: we fired our coach already, so we can just write <laughs> this off. Like, yeah, you know? we just, we, yeah, we just got I it right care. there. Like, t- t- Tyler, y'all watch Florida football? <laughs> That's crazy. Let's move forward. <laughs> That's crazy. Y'all watch Florida football? Um, five wide. It is the rivalry rivalry week edition. We start off with, in my opinion, one of the best rivalries Greatest in college rivalry football. Rivalry in the sport. 
And thank God it is being played on Thanksgiving like it should have always been. I don't know why they took a couple of years off. Um, it is the Egg Bowl. It is Ole Miss traveling to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. The Cowbells will be ringing. It is a 7.30 kickoff on ESPN on Thanksgiving. Why watch NFL football when you can watch the Egg Bowl? Tyler, I go first here. I Even though I agree with you, Ole Miss is – they're not limping into this game, but their attention has definitely shifted a little bit. Matt Corral officially declared, declared for the draft. Uh, I, I'm going to take Ole Miss, but I understand if you would want to go otherwise and if other people would want to go otherwise. And this may be a situation where the day of the game, I'm looking at my phone and going, where's the value in this bet? Because I think Mississippi State might have a definite serious chance here. But I'm going to take Ole Miss. But I'm going to take Ole Miss because I think I'm going to I'm going to roll with it. I think Corral okay. and Kiffin and all that stuff. I know he hurt. He got himself hurt a little bit, but I think he'll be good. It's really torn because I think Ole Miss is clearly better. Who do you got, my man? Um, I'm I'm really torn because I need to make a point, mm-hmm. but I still have another week to do it. When has the better team mattered in the Egg Bowl? That's a good point. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn, that's a really good point. Um, I am gonna go. You know what? Mississippi State plays the same game 12 times, and it's basically a coin flip. I'm going the other side. I'm going to go with Mississippi State. <laughs> All right, man. I like it. I like that, uh, that decision. Idea. I think that you are I – don't, I don't know if you're making the right choice because I picked Ole Miss, but I think that this is going to be an interesting, interesting – um egg bowl on thanksgiving night moving on tyler we head to the pacific northwest where we have the apple cup on friday on fs1 at 8 p.m it's washington state heading to seattle to take on washington these are two interim coaches these are um two programs looking for a head coach in the big rivalry game of the year and i have absolutely zero idea who i should pick oh it's actually crazy because I mean I'm going first here, but and I hate that because because um, <laughs> you don't know what to everything do. Everything you thought you could know about this rivalry, every, all the data points that we had collected are out the window now because mm-hmm. coach both coaches are fired. But I'd be on top of that, it was always that no matter how good Washington State was, Washington's defense knew how to defend them and how to shut them down. However, they don't run the air raid anymore, so it's a different mm-hmm. scheme. It's only been in there for like a year or so now. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's a different coach entirely. Washington State is the better football team this this year, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> so it's like if Washington State wins, that's because they outscore Washington and Washington has no offense. If Washington, mm-hmm. the Huskies win, it's because their defense shuts, that's still very talented, shuts down Washington State. And mm-hmm. I genuinely don't know who I should pick because – Washington State is favored, but on the ESPN matchup predictor, it's like 60% Washington. Oh, so no one knows what no to do. No one knows what to pick. There's no <laughs> well, piece let of me, data. Let me check. Let me There's check no the, piece of data I can find that I'm checking the is Hard leading Rock me to, just to see what their to, lines are. To a conclusion. Um, and, and despite the fact that Washington State is favored, um, well, it's at Husky Stadium, so that means that the Washington is getting three points. Um, I am so confused because 
So the line, the line here that I have on the Hard Rock Sportsbook, according to the odds makers in Florida, the spread is Washington plus one and a half. So Washington State is favored by one and a half on yeah. the road. But the straight up money line bets, Washington State minus 120, Washington plus 100. So even they're like who anything can happen. Even they don't know. At this point, then you just have to get – you know what? You just go with your I, gut, man. I'm going to go with Washington. I respect it. I respect I, I, I it. You're a husky heart. I, I have to. I, I'm giving them one last chance. They don't deserve it, but I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to You're them. You're a husky at heart. That's fine. And look, hey, because of this, for the sake of content, and because I also have absolutely no zero idea who's going to happen. Like, I'm just going to go with state. I'm just going to go with Washington State because at this point, like, I might as well have some fun with it. Um. And we might as well be on opposite sides, man. We might as well. Like, who knows, dude? Oh, man. All righty. All right, Tyler. Next up is the game. Ohio State, Michigan. Fox. It won't be a game. Noon kickoff. Saturday. <laughs> Just calling it like it is. Oh, my God. It is in Ann Arbor. It is at the big house. I go first. Um I know you're going to pick Ohio State, so we, you, you might as well just put both of us on there. Just put both of you us already, on there. Look, I will see that Michigan mm-hmm. is a really good team this year. I really like – they are good. Yeah, I right. don't want to say that they're not good. They are a good team. But Ohio State – Michigan State beat Michigan, and I know the, the committee doesn't care about that for some reason. But Well, uh, well Tyler, if you throw out the games. If you throw you out know? the games. But okay, we, the we, games. we don't throw out the games here on Inside Light Judgment. <laughs> um, so – the team that beat Michigan just got waxed by Ohio oh, State. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ohio State also the team that has not lost to Michigan in years and mm-hmm. dominates them every year. Yeah, no, CJ Stroud is get, getting that Heisman. Yeah, this this ain't the year that it happens. Number no, one, number two, Tyler. Year. I do want to ask you. I earlier I said we'll put a pin in the Cincinnati discussion. I want to I want to remove Ooh, the pin. This is a good t- yeah. Um. So we're recording on Monday night. We typically record on Wednesdays, which means that we have the playoff rankings. But we're going to assume – we're going to work in the, in the world of assumption that Michigan jumps um, Cincinnati and goes to four because I think the committee values that stuff at the moment, right? Yeah. Um, we know it's going to work itself out. We're going to assume it's a three versus four matchup, Ohio State, Michigan. With what we think is going to happen to Michigan – does then that does then that leave Cincinnati at the four spot going into conference championship week? I if if Cincinnati gets business done this week, which I think they will, um, I think so because I mean, who else is they really in competition with? Oregon's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma's really far behind. Mm-hmm. So Oklahoma, Oklahoma would need. Let's not worry about Oklahoma until conference championship game because yeah. they they need the Notre you know. Dame is the only real team that really will co- compete. So here's and my they thing: beat Notre Dame. <laughs> okay, but Tyler, would you put it past the committee to rank no, Notre would, Dame ahead like, of Cincinnati? But that that would so that's another level of okay. That is a whole another level of like just ignoring information then because. Mm-hmm. Because the Michigan State thing, while it was ridiculous, they were both one-loss teams. Right. So, yeah, one loss was to the other, but they threw – Cincinnati's undefeated. Yeah. And Notre Dame has one loss, and that is to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati so that, just, domi- just and dominated undefeated, undefeated versus one loss does mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And 
considering where they've ranked them, that's the only real competition. And it really, it also, it depends on how they look this week. Cause if Notre Dame does, if Notre Dame doesn't, Notre Dame's playing Stanford, so they'll probably wax the floor, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oregon couldn't wax the floor with Stanford. That's a good point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, sure. All righty. That was just wanted to bring it up. Think that's a possibility. But they've um, got a real next shot. Up, yeah, we have the game formerly known as the Civil War. Oregon State traveling to Eugene to take on Oregon. It's a three thirty kickoff on ESPN, and it is also the Pac twelve North Championship game. Tyler. Yeah, against Oregon and the Beavers. Yeah, baby. Ducks yeah, and baby. Beavers. Who you got the, in this game? The War for the Pond. Um, <laughs> I really like Jonathan Smith's doing Oregon State, but I'm going to take Oregon because despite the, the, their mess up, I do think they're still – I don't think they're going to mess up two weeks in a row. Yeah. I still think they're a more talented team. I mm-hmm. uh, would not put it past Oregon State to pull this out, but I'm going to go with Oregon. I think it will be a close game though. I think so as well, and because it's a close game, I, I – I kind of want to take Oklahoma State. Just give me, give me. I Oregon want State. the content for yeah, Oregon State. I said Oklahoma. Sorry, I want Oregon State. I think for the content it would be good. I also think that that team has been playing pretty well. Like yeah. they, they've been consistent. They've been consistent, and you don't know, man. Maybe we catch Oregon slipping. If you remember last year's game, it was a close matchup. It was really and close. This is a, and this is a this is a better Oregon team and a better Oregon State team. So. For those reasons, rivalry game, crazy stuff. I'm going to take uh, Oregon State. Last game in five wide, Tyler. We got Oklahoma taking on Oklahoma State. It is Bedlam. It is on ABC. It is a 7.30 Eastern kickoff. Uh, I pick first. Um, I value my relationship with my brother too much to not pick Oklahoma. I will be taking the Sooners. Also, in, in the words of Richard Johnson, there are only two options for Bedlam. Oklahoma wins by a lot or Oklahoma wins by a little. So I'm, I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one, my friend. Uh, I respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. So much that I, I agree with it, actually. <laughs> um, look, I don't care about anything in this regard. It's just that Oklahoma always wins this game unless they just don't. Mm-hmm. And right. until that happens, mm-hmm. like – I cannot trust Oklahoma State to win this game. I just, even if this is a bad, this isn't even that good of an Oklahoma team. I just, I cannot trust them. Like, yeah, I also and even though like I, you know, my opinion on Spencer Sanders, I thought he was really good, but it turns out that he plateaued. And this is going to be a shameless plug, but uh, Kevin Borba and I on Tailgaters last week interviewed Jordan Palmer, and he name hey. dropped Spencer. You know, you know what it is. You know, we're making moves. You know. But he name drops Spencer Sanders as one of the players that he was very excited about and a reason he likes him a lot and XYZ and stuff. And so I hate going against him, even though he was a wonderful guest on Borba's pod. He joined me as a guest on Borba's pod. So um, I feel bad going against him, but I just think – Good quarterbacks I, lose I games all the time. This is, they do. They do lose games all the time, Tyler. Um, and Oklahoma State loses Bedlam a lot. A so lot. <laughs> Fairly often. If uh, I'm not going to believe it until it happens, so I'll take Oklahoma. As will you. As will you. Tyler, it is two-point time. What is your two-point conversion game this week? Lots to pick from. Big Friday slate. Big Big Saturday slate. Big rivalry slate. Mm -hmm. Always good. Um, Oh, boy. Let's just browse. There is an obvious one sitting there for you. 
I want to know what you think it is. Like, well, I won't tell you until after you pick it. I can't be like, I have to be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take, and this is not a given because this other, the team that I'm not going to be picking has been playing a lot better than I thought they would this season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Clemson Tigers to beat the South Carolina Gamecocks on the road. Okay. Listen, uh, this, hey, if there's, if there, if there's a year for South I Carolina know. to do it, it's this year. If there's a year for South Carolina to do it, it's this year. If there is a way for Shane Beamer to like parlay this season to an extension, oh, go seven, go seven and this five to the- be bowl eligible and beat Clemson. Oh, do it. Do it. I kind of want to see it happen. Yeah. But uh, but that being said, I think Clemson will win, so I'm gonna right, take right. them. No, I agree. I what agree. did you th- what's what did you think it was? Tyler, it is the most force fed rivalry in the SEC. It's Arkansas and Missouri. Oh my god, Friday. I forgot about that game. Yeah, bro. I'm not gonna take that game. I'm not taking that game because I think it's that's too much of a layup for yeah. for, for me. But for you who's down six points, I thought that would have been a yeah, good pick for you. It would have been. Um there's also I, a good one. I'm going to say, I don't know what you're going to pick, is Kentucky-Louisville. It, that's, mm, that's a competitive that, one. That's not a force-fed rivalry, though. That's no. a legit rivalry. Yeah, that's a legit um, one. All right, I'm looking Louisville here. Louisville's actually gonna, favored. They are, yeah. Which I'm going to just name some I'm gonna name some rivalry games just so like people can know what's going on and stuff. Um, Iowa-Nebraska is a pseudo-rivalry. It's not Can't a Can't wait for Scott Frost Jason. to lose by two points again. <laughs> the, the best three-win team of all time. Um, Friday night, you also have the war on I four. It's a three thirty kick on um, ESPN. Um, North Carolina NC State is taking place Friday night at seven on ESPN. Uh, good old fashioned hate Georgia Georgia Tech is a noon kickoff on ABC on Saturday. We transition now. Um, we talked about Florida Florida State. Um, hmm, what are we looking at here? Georgia Southern App State. That is a rivalry, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not seen that one um not really a rivalry but an interesting football game penn state michigan state kind of one of those yeah. there um pretty Ver- vandy tennessee too. vandy tennessee is a rivalry game for sure virginia tech virginia be, is a big rivalry game. shouldn't be but tennessee was really bad for a little while oh <laughs> <laughs> wisconsin minnesota the paul bunyan game that is a big time rivalry game um the louisiana rivalry game monroe and louisiana with lafayette um, another kind of force-fed rivalry, but has kind of grown into it organically. Texas A&M, LSU. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Kentucky, Louisville. We've mentioned Columbus, South Carolina. Uh, Notre Dame, Stanford is a rivalry game. It's I, I, that's one of those games I don't think is a rivalry, but it's definitely just played every year. Um, <laughs> it's a good it, way it, to it, put it. It's not so it's much true, a rivalry like, as it is just played every year. Like yeah, um, yeah, and just this weekend. So <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I am between three games. And my ability to watch the game is going to impact my decision. I'm going to go with Minnesota beating Wisconsin for the first time in a long time at home against an overrated, overhyped, overranked Wisconsin football team. That game is going to be on Fox. That game is going to be kicking off at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, and my other option, Tyler, was going to be Virginia Tech, Virginia, but it's on the ACC network, so I can't watch it. <laughs> there you go. That's all I need to know. 
That's all um, you need to know, my friend. Despite how all of the adjectives used for Wisconsin are true and they are overrated, mm-hmm. overranked, and all that, mm-hmm. they win this rivalry. So I know, dude. I know, but I'm just hope. I'm hoping Call that the shot, boat man. gets rowed. Call your shot. Call him a shot, me guy. Call him a shot. Uh, all right, five wide recap. We got a special rivalry week edition. We got Florida, Florida State. It's a noon kickoff on ESPN. Not in the five wide, but important to know. Uh, the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, seven thirty kickoff on Thanksgiving Thursday, ESPN. Um, I have Ole Miss. Tyler has Mississippi State. Washington State, Washington, the Apple Cup. It's an FS1 channel, eight o'clock Eastern kick. It is on Friday, so you can eat your leftover turkey sandwich. Um, I have Washington State. Tyler has Washington. Ohio State, Michigan, Fox, noon kickoff on Saturday. We both have Ohio State. Oregon State, Oregon, ESPN, 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. I have Oregon State. Tyler has Oregon. And Bedlam, Oklahoma taking on Oklahoma State, ABC, 7.30 kickoff Eastern on Saturday. Our two points, Tyler has Clemson over South Carolina. It is a 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network. I am secretly hoping you lose that one, um, not just because of the points thing, but I would really like to see a South Carolina. It, win this it would be game. interesting. It would be very it would be interesting. interesting. It would be fun. And then my two point is Wisconsin losing to Minnesota, four o'clock kickoff Eastern on Fox. Tyler, that's it for this episode. We talked a whole bunch of Dan Mullen. We talked a whole bunch of open jobs. We talked about last week's games. We talked about rivalry rivalry week. I always do it every you year. Do that it slips every me up. Time. I know, dude. I don't know what it is. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off, my friend? You know what there actually is? Oh, okay. Um, shout out to me. <laughs> uh, I started as the worst team in our college fantasy group. Mm-hmm. And eventually went on like a six-game win streak. You and did. And now ranked first. And I beat Mr. Sergio de la Spreya, uh in a semifinal to make it up against uh, 1% income Bucks fan Tyler Renfro. To make it to the championship game of our fantasy football, college fantasy football uh, group. Uh, if no one else got me, I know Bailey Zapp got me. Uh, <laughs> quarterback I have, for I have, Western Kentucky. <laughs> I have two things to say to you. Number one, congratulations. It was a great comeback over the course of the season. I'm very happy for you. Number two. Petition to rename 1% Bucks fan Tyler Renfro to just tax evasion Tyler Renfro. Tax evasion Tyler It's just shorter. It, yeah, it achieves no. – it, it means the same thing. Tax like, evasion Tyler. That's, that, that's what we're doing. Tax evasion Tyler. Love to yeah. see it. Tyler, I hope you're listening and I hope you're approval, approving of your new nickname. Um, Okay. Well, then I would like to say congratulations to you, Tyler, because – you blew up on Twitter on Gators. Oh, yeah, Twitter. that also happened. You blew uh, up. And hopefully some of you are listening to this episode because you found Tyler's Twitter account, which elite follow, by the way. Highly recommend. Thank you. Um yeah, congratulations on blowing up on for, for just saying something that was, you for, know, for rational and something li- we have said for weeks. <laughs> like the most mild manner take I've ever had was what I tweeted. Mm-hmm. And everyone liked it. I had oh, a, yeah. I had an old coworker text me. He's like, "Yo, your tweet about Dan Mullen's blowing up," and I'm like, "What? This is a strange text to get." Like, um, I put my phone down for like five minutes. I tweeted that thing. Mm. A couple, all of our friends liked it. I'm like, "All right, cool." You know, it's one of my better ones. I put my phone down for something. I come back like an hour later, and then apparently everyone and Gator Twitter likes it. Got a bunch of and follows. W- and what's great is that if you just want that like normal, very very normal insight. 
You can just listen to us here on Sideline Judgment. Yeah. You can follow Tyler on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow the pod on Twitter. You can do all of those things. The link will be in the description of the show notes. You can find us there. Um, and I'm very happy for you that you blew up on Twitter for like a super normal rational take that you've said a thousand Again, times to me before. <laughs> like the, I, the least hot take ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dan Mullen was good, but not good enough. Like, and, you know, so we had to move on. Yep, the that was le- it. it. It was not. A, it's been, it's, I've officially hit screenshot it and shared to a Facebook group that I'm not in status. Oh, so you're you're getting impressions that aren't even counting yeah there are people <laughs> I, I need to go get in this group and see what the comments are because like just I put it interested. on the reddit put it on reddit man put it on reddit we'll just put it on reddit all hey, right man i'll um, take it hey for real listen it's a rival rivalry week i gotta oh slow my myself God. down when i say it what stop it stop it um big game for us gators uh big games around the country i'm excited for this weekend it's my favorite week one of my favorite weekends of the year simply because I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Um, and I get to just watch a bunch of great college football rivalry games for oh, the whole yeah. weekend. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Wait your turn, fat boy Santa Claus. <laughs> Wait your turn. Uh, with all of that being said, Tyler, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we're not biased, Tyler, but go Gators. Go Gators. And, and broke money. Don't make money. Scared Scare money. money. Scare don't money. Make money. Don't make money. Say, Billy, just come on over. You got to teach it to me. We'll, we'll, we'll work it yeah, out. We'll, we'll, work we'll, it we'll out. share it over at PubSub. <laughs>